You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Hello. Thank you for joining us for the Friday, June 16th, 2023 reading of the Human Health Program. My name is Emily Crocker. On today's program, Beware of the Sun and Its Punishing Glare from the New York Times and The Weight Issue, Your Body at 60 from AARP Magazine. Plus, Ringing Relief, New Device Reduced Tinnitus Symptoms in Clinical Trial from Nice News and more time permitting. Here's our first report. Beware of the sun and its punishing glare. It is not your friend. Do not bask in its warm glow or let it seduce you into revealing yourself. By Madeline Aguilar from the New York Times. Roughly 4.6 billion years ago, a gigantic cloud of gas collapsed in on itself, crumpling under the weight of its own gravity, and became what we call the sun. No sooner did our ancestors step out of the primordial soup and develop thumbs and tools than they lifted their gazes skyward and became obsessed with the incandescent ball of plasma they saw there. They worshipped the sun as a god and built temples for it. They danced for it and wrote poems about it. They devoted unfathomable amounts of time, money, and effort into studying it, and even built probes that could fly out into space and get a closer look. And yet, the sun is tricky. The National Cancer Institute at the National Institutes of Health advises people of all ages and skin tones should limit the amount of time they spend in the sun, especially between mid-morning and late afternoon. If we don't get enough sun, we'll sink into the deepest depths of despair. But if we get too much of it, our skin will dry and crinkle like crepe paper. We need sunlight for vitamin D and to help regulate our sleep cycles. But it inspires people to go stand up paddle boarding and then to tell you again and again about how you really have to try stand up paddle boarding. Is there such a thing as a safe tan? No, said Dr. Marissa C. Crisito, an assistant professor of dermatology at NYU Langone Health. The prolonged effects of sun exposure, Dr. Crisito said, include sunspots, skin discoloration, early signs of aging, and skin cancer. Is stand-up paddleboarding worth that? No, said I. Previously, I had a pleasant sense of spiritual and moral superiority about my own sunscreen use, a healthy portion of SPF 50 rubbed over my face every morning. But my self-satisfaction was misguided. The biggest mistake people make is this false sense of security that a high SPF number is enough, said Dr. Shireen Idris, a dermatologist in New York City. They'll only use it at 8 a.m. before leaving the house, she said, describing my exact practice. But the reality is, it doesn't last all day, she said. To be truly effective, sunscreen must be reapplied frequently. The general recommendation is every two hours across every exposed bit of skin, including your hands and the tips of your ears. Dr. Idris bristled at the mention of the anti-sunscreen posts that occasionally pop up on social media shared by self-proclaimed health experts who believe seed oils to be at the root of all modern ailments. In the 1700s, the average life expectancy was 30 to 40, she said. The median age at which melanoma is diagnosed is 65, she said. 
If people seemed to get less skin cancer before, she argued, it was because they weren't living long enough to develop it. Sunscreen is just one piece of the puzzle, according to Dr. Cursito, who advises adding garments with ultraviolet protection factor. Coupling your sunscreen with a hat or UPF clothing, or sitting under an umbrella, or going indoors for lunch during high peak UV index, those are all things that you could do in addition to your sunscreen application, she said. Dr. Idris said that she supplements her own skin protection practices with a UPF rash guard and UV visors that completely shade her face and neck. I'm making it chic, she said. I'm going with it. And don't think just staying inside is the solution. Dr. Cursito pointed to a famous photo published in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2012 that showed a 69-year-old trucker who experienced significantly more skin damage on the left side of his face than on the right because of the UVA rays it had been exposed to through the driver's side window during his 28 years on the road. Even through windows, you could get UV exposure, she said. I wondered whether the most productive way to shield myself from the harmful effects of the sun's rays would be to quit my job and abandon my relationships in order to devote myself to applying sunscreen full-time under the shade of an umbrella deep in an underground bunker. I would lose my grip on reality, but my skin would look incredible. Perhaps the sun is best enjoyed from afar. The American Cancer Society estimates there are more than 5 million new cases of skin cancer diagnosed each year. As the days stretch out and summer approaches bright and hot, and friends begin making plans that will involve exposing our soft, fragile bodies to solar radiation while sweat pools in dark, damp crevices, consider, what if, instead of soaking up the sun, we repelled it through a rigorous combination of lotions, lawn furniture, and clothing designed for deep-sea fishermen. Up next, your body at 60, the weight issue. Nothing toys with our physical or mental health quite as mercilessly as our body weight. Here are some truths about those extra pounds and what they really mean to our health in this crucial decade of our lives. By Jessica Megala from AARP, the magazine. When it comes to weight, your 60s are a pivotal decade. A full 41.5% of adults ages 60 and older are considered obese, according to data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. With age, your body accumulates more fat and deposits more of it around your middle, while at the same time you're losing muscle, all of which introduces higher odds for developing a cadre of health problems, high blood pressure and cholesterol, type 2 diabetes, sleep apnea, and a decline in physical functioning. Your weight isn't everything, but it can indicate how much body fat you're carrying. And body fat isn't just benign sleepy stuff. It acts as an endocrine organ that's involved in the metabolism of sex hormones, blood clotting and blood pressure, and insulin sensitivity. Hitting that sweet spot not too much, not too little, is important for aging well. Doctors use the BMI scale, which is body mass index, as one measure of body fat to determine whether you're underweight, healthy weight, overweight, or obese. In the general population, a BMI of less than 18.5 is underweight. 18.5 to 24.9 is healthy weight. 
25 to 29.9 is considered overweight, and 30 and over is obese, with a BMI 40 or higher indicating severe obesity. But those numbers might not apply so clearly to people in their 60s. One 2022 study found that the best BMI for health for those over age 65 is 27 to 28 in men and 31 to 32 for women. This is referred to as the obesity paradox, and exactly why it exists isn't fully understood, says Kristen DiCarlo, MD, a geriatrician who practices in the areas of endocrinology, diabetes, and metabolism at UI Health in Chicago. That doesn't mean you should ignore weight gain. Consider your weight one indicator of your health, along with your blood pressure, blood sugar, and cholesterol levels. But pay attention to where you're carrying those pounds, too. Visceral fat is the fat that's hidden in your abdominal cavity, says Jean-Pierre Desprez, a professor in the Department of Kinesiology at Université Laval in Quebec City, Canada. More visceral fat means more than just a wider waistline, it means a higher risk for heart disease, diabetes, and stroke. What's happening to my body? Our bodies are different in our 60s from when we were in our 20s and 30s. So says Gitanjali Srivastava, MD, Medical Director of Vanderbilt Obesity Medicine at Vanderbilt University in Nashville. You may still be gaining fat. The fat gain you experienced in your 50s may continue into your 60s. For reasonably healthy adults, there's a natural increase in body fat until your 80s, says DiCarlo. Hormonal changes and medication side effects, coupled with muscle loss and fat gain, add up to a body that now carries around proportionally more fat. Your muscles need protection. It's generally believed that every pound lost through diet is about 75% fat and 25% muscle, says DiCarlo. If your doctor has advised you to lose weight, the key is to hold on to as much muscle as you can. Do that by consuming 15 to 25% of your calories from protein daily and regularly participating in both aerobic exercise, 150 minutes a week of walking, biking, jogging, or swimming, and resistance exercise, weightlifting at least twice a week. You may lose as much as 3% of your overall muscle strength every year in your 60s. Men tend to hold on to more of their muscle power longer. For women, the decline happens quickly after age 65. Your metabolism is on the fritz. This is the decade when metabolism is starting to sputter. Your metabolism, or the rate your body burns calories, remains pretty stable in your adult years until your 60s. A 2021 study in the journal Science found the breakpoint, age 63, after which metabolism goes on the decline. Your body requires fewer calories to keep it working, your heart beating, your lungs breathing. Having less muscle also contributes to a more sluggish engine. Your waistline doesn't lie. There's a cheap and easy way to get an idea of how much of the concerning visceral fat, as opposed to subcutaneous fat, more on this in a minute, is setting up shop in your belly. Measure your waistline. Men should be under 40 inches. Women should be less than 35 inches. Also, check your pants. The butt may be baggier, but the waist tighter. 
how your pants fit can be an accurate indicator of visceral fat, says Srivastava. Menopause has left a mark. By the time a woman is postmenopausal, 15 to 20 percent of her body fat is visceral fat, compared with just 5 to 8 percent when she was premenopausal. These changes are associated with higher blood pressure, cholesterol, insulin resistance, and inflammation, according to a 2022 review at Columbia University. And your neck may be getting thicker. Are the collars on your button-ups too tight? It's not the dry cleaners doing. As we age, our muscles loosen and become laxer, and there can be more fat deposition in areas near the base of the tongue, says Srivastava. A neck size greater than 16 for women or 17 inches for men, she says, can be a sign that you're carrying excess fat in the neck, which can put you at risk for conditions like sleep apnea. Why visceral fat is no good. As you age, the fat underneath your skin begins to reroute into your abdomen, where it becomes visceral fat, says Srivastava. Visceral fat is the deeper fat that lives within your belly and hugs your stomach, liver, and intestines. Your butt, legs, arms, and face may appear thinner, but more visceral fat equals a wider waistline, and that distribution matters. Visceral fat is the more dangerous fat to have, she says. When Austrian scientists scanned the bellies of 10,894 people for a 2020 study, they found that 20-year-olds had, on average, less than a pound of visceral fat. It surged to over two pounds for women and four pounds for men by their 60s. While many of us monitor our weight out of vanity, doctors suggest you consider monitoring your weight, BMI, and waist measurement as important as monitoring your blood pressure, blood sugar, and cholesterol levels. If they get out of control, you may be in danger. When scientists tracked more than 190,000 adults for 10 years or longer, obesity boosted the risk for heart attacks, strokes, and heart failure, and nearly tripled the odds for the most obese middle-aged group. And even those without obesity can be at increased risk from visceral fat, says Morgana Mongru Chafin, assistant professor of epidemiology and prevention at Wake Forest University School of Medicine in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. She conducted a study of 1,005 midlife women and men, none of whom had obesity. But those with higher levels of abdominal fat raised their risk for diabetes by 51% and doubled their risk for metabolic syndrome, a collection of risk factors including low levels of heart-helping HDL cholesterol, high levels of ticker-menacing triglycerides, and above-normal blood pressure and or blood sugar. The good thing about visceral fat is that you can lose it quickly. One study found that just four weeks of brisk walking resulted in an inch reduction in waist circumference. With exercise, you can lose visceral fat even if you don't lose weight, says Dupree. Reducing your waist by about 1.5 inches can reduce risk for diabetes by 60%. Weight, Cancer, and Immunity There's another common killer that becomes more prevalent as we reach our 60s, cancer. Rates increase from about 350 cases per 100,000 people in those age 40 to 49 to more than 1,000 per 100,000 people in those 60 and older. 
One reason, according to the National Institutes of Health, is the decline in the immune system's ability to detect and correct cell defects. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, obesity is linked to at least 13 types of cancer. Some are hormone-related. Obesity creates inflammation, which disrupts the immune system and causes dysregulation of the hormonal system. Obesity leads to an increase in certain hormones that lead to an increase in cancer, breast, endometrial, thyroid, pancreas, and so forth, says Omar Ghanem, MD, a metabolic surgeon at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Those connections are well established, and we know that losing weight with bariatric surgery can reduce the risk, he says. Bariatric surgery has been shown to reduce cancers that aren't related to hormone levels. In a recent analysis of 15 studies, including a total of nearly 950,000 people with obesity who underwent bariatric surgery and more than 17 million who didn't, the researchers found that the surgery group had an almost 50% reduction in the risk of liver, colorectal, kidney, urinary tract, esophageal, and lung cancers. Obesity is also a risk factor for developing an autoimmune disease, a problem that becomes more common with age, particularly in women. These diverse conditions, including lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, occur when the immune system starts attacking the body's own healthy tissues. People with rheumatoid arthritis in particular have premature immune aging, says Cornelia Wyand, MD, an immune system researcher at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Their immune age is about 25 years older than their actual age, she says. The last three years have driven home how obesity can impact the immune system. Researchers recently looked at how weight affected outcomes for some 150,000 COVID patients. They learned that patients with a BMI of 30 to 34.9, or just above the obesity threshold, were 7% more likely to be hospitalized and 8% more likely to die than people who were a healthy weight. Those with a BMI of 45 or higher, considered morbidly obese, were 33% more likely to be hospitalized and 61% more likely to die. But the immune system can rebound if you bring your weight under control. A 2022 study at Brigham and Women's Hospital of people with obesity who lost 18% of their body weight after weight loss surgery revealed that within just three months, the patient's immune systems were measurably healthier, with reduced white blood cell levels and reduced inflammation. How we think about weight. Conventional wisdom once said feeling fat was strictly a young person's problem. Now, a wave of research is uncovering long-overlooked struggles and newfound wisdom about weight and body image for people in their 60s. It's not like you grow out of a negative body image, says psychologist and body image researcher Lisa Kilpella, an assistant professor at the University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio. There are a lot of reasons to suspect it could get worse with age for some people, she says. Over half of women in their 60s say weight or body shape concerns have a negative impact on their lives. In one large University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill survey, up to 64% thought about their weight every day. Men aren't exempt. 
Half in a small Canadian study of men ages 60 to 83 said they felt unattractive because of their weight. Body dissatisfaction made 17% of men and 39% of women ages 50 to 65 uncomfortable wearing a bathing suit in public, according to a UCLA study of over 52,000 U.S. adults. But in your 60s, a negative body image can have far more serious consequences. Binge eating was a problem for up to 26% of women ages 55 to 83 in a recent study by Kilpella and others. For the longest time, people didn't think older women had eating disorders, Kilpella says. Older women who come to our lab say things like, Thank you for thinking of us. We thought we'd be the forgotten ones because of our age, she says. Body dissatisfaction is associated with higher risk of depression, poorer sleep, and less than optimal self care. It's like the way you treat an old pair of sneakers versus a brand new pair, says Kilpella. Of course, not everyone in their 60s battles big time body dissatisfaction, says psychiatrist Deborah Safer, MD, an associate professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Stanford University, who specializes in treating eating and weight disorders. In a study of body image and fat talk in women ages 18 to 87, just 12% of those 61 and older said they harangued themselves frequently about their weight. The lowest number of any age category in the study. Self compassion is the antidote, Safer says. Compassion for all your body has allowed you to do and still enables you to do, she says. And here are six most effective weight loss steps to take today. Eat less, move more. Losing weight comes down to just those four words, right? Not really. Decades of research show that effective weight loss involves food choices as much as, if not more than, food volume. And certain lifestyle choices significantly affect success or failure. These six steps are widely accepted as key to effective weight loss. Start your day with protein. Studies show that protein timing, eating 25 to 30 grams of protein in the morning and the same amount at lunch and dinner, helps people at midlife and beyond maintain muscle mass, which in turn reduces fat gain. Choose farm foods over factory foods. That means fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, seafood, olive and avocado oils, low fat dairy, and lean meat throughout the day. The fewer processed foods, the better. Foods in their natural form are the basis of the Mediterranean and DASH diets, which are consistently rated as the best programs for weight management, heart health, and longevity. Move at least 30 minutes a day. Daily active living beats a few weekly gym sessions and sitting around the rest of the time. Aim for a total of at least 150 minutes of movement per week walking, swimming, biking, Gardening for cardiovascular fitness and at least two days a week of resistance training for muscular strength, as recommended by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Cut down on simple carbohydrates, especially sugar. That means minimizing cookies, sodas, and other sweets. Simple carbs not only fill you up with calories while providing minimal nutrition, but a higher carbohydrate intake leads to water retention, making you look, feel, and weigh heavier. Stop eating at 7 p.m. 
Eating later in the evening increases your next day hunger, decreases your next day calorie burn, and triggers your body to store more fat, according to a recent study. Go to bed at least seven hours before you need to wake up. Ghrelin is the hormone created in the stomach that signals us to eat. Sleeping less than seven hours a night has been shown to elevate ghrelin, meaning you may be driven to consume more calories the next day. And finally, ring-busting tinnitus treatment combines sound and touch stimulation. From Nice News, a bisensory treatment combining precisely timed sound and touch has shown impressive results in reducing people's experience of tinnitus, a common and debilitating form of hearing damage that presents as an incessant ringing sound in the ears. This is currently in clinical studies. Thank you for joining us for the Human Health Program. My name is Emily Crocker.
If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.